Welcome back to Scoreline. It is myself, Shane, joined with Robbie Down, and we're continuing our look back on what has been a tremendous campaign that isn't over yet for the Carlo Hurlers. And one of the men that is joining me now has been integral to that success, Mr. Marty Cavanagh. Marty, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us today. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, thanks for having me on. Obviously, it's great to be coming on to have a chat about uh, such a, I suppose, a special day. And uh, yeah, look, it's, it's great. Marty, I want to ask you first, have celebrations stopped as of yet? Because <laughs> the whole of Carlo <laughs> seem to come to their homecoming and everything. Yeah, no, look, they, they have. Um, we, had a, we, had a, we had a brilliant uh, brilliant time, uh, great celebrations. Um, you know, there was a, 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 just a, such, a, such a joy and emotion on everyone's faces. And Jesus, a, a buzz, uh, you know, I've, I haven't seen, to be honest with you, before, kind of um, associated with, with, with the Carlo Hurlers, like... Um, you know, it's a win that kind of that uh, goes above anything else. Like, and uh, it was just incredible, incredible day and um, incredible few days, and great to, to come out on the right side of the, of the game, and then just uh, you know to, to come back to the homecoming, and that was. It's just it kind of gives you goosebumps like talking about it now again like it was just unbelievable. It was an incredible campaign though, not just an incredible game. And I I, I said this to Captain Paul Dyle as well. A few people have come up to me and said. After the leash game, when you banged in that penalty, that's when they knew that the Joe Mack was coming to Carlo. Did you feel the momentum growing from each game? Obviously, you blitzed Kildare over it, unlucky against Kerry, but still an epic game. And then the leash game, blitzing down out of it, and of course, then Offaly in the final round. Like, Did you feel the momentum going through every game? Yeah, definitely. I suppose, look, uh, we, we, we've been targeting, we targeted the first game against Kildare, you know, from, from, from the day the fixtures came out. So, you know, that was a massive game for us and a massive start to, to what we wanted to achieve. So, I suppose the, the matter we performed that day and, you know, the the, the winning margin, I suppose, gave us great confidence to, to go on and, and really believe, like, um, you know, and it kind of took off from there. And sure, as you said, then we, we probably should have got the win in Kerry and we were disappointed. We were fierce disappointed coming out of Kerry. We really felt like a loss. But um, took the positives from it and moved on and... Um, and then I suppose the leash game. Then I suppose, as you said, it, it, after that game, I suppose we, we kind of, I say everyone kind of felt that that Jesus, you know, we, we're we're right there here, we're right there now, and we have a great opportunity now. And so, because we were seven points down that game at two occasions, so so to come back and um, to come back and then get to get the draw at the end um, really, really gave us uh, momentum going forward again. And then after that game, we knew it was in our own hands. Then that all that if we bet down and we bet off, we would be in the final. And that's all. That's all we wanted to do, really, to, to go into them last two games in our own hands. Because last year we hadn't, we didn't have that luxury. We were hoping on other results. So um, look, it was it was brilliant. And to, to go to go through a Joe McDonough unbeaten, it's, it's no mean feat. So it's a great achievement to do that. And then to top it off, then by getting over the line on Saturday was uh, just a, a cherry on top. So. Unbelievable, unbelievable uh, campaign for us, thank God. And talking then about the final, that Joe and Mac, what, what, before you even get to Crow Park, you have a journey up from Carlo, but what, how does the day start for you, Marty? Like, does it start kind of nervous? Does it start with uh, massive tension? Or is there a, a confidence about yourself when you're, before you're stepping on the bus, you're waking up, you're eating your wheat or bits or whatever the nutritionist has told you to eat? Like, how does that start for Marty Kavna? Uh... I just I suppose just when you wake kind of wake up Saturday morning you're just like you're just kind of like we're here now thank God like you know there's no more 
there's no more waiting around, there's no more, you know, going to, to, to sleep the night before, like you're, it's happening today and that's, I suppose, this, uh, a, a big um, excitement, like, you know, uh, butterflies in their stomach kind of stuff and uh, at, the, at the start and you kind of just try, um, wouldn't say forget about the match, but, you know, just, just try to uh, keep busy or, you know, do a few different things and, uh, look, we, were, we met, we met uh, early enough, like, so, in fairness, there wasn't much time to wait around in the morning, so, just pure, pure excitement, like, you know, and, you know, heading for Crow Park and knowing the crowd behind you coming up and, a special day and and then obviously you're in the back of your mind you know you, you, you kind of you might let yourself think for a second you know that full time whistle going and how you feel like but there's only be a split second you might you might have that talk but uh, um, it was it was it was everything and more really to be honest with you the, the aftermath and the feeling we had it was it was incredible it was just an, it was unbelievable day the day you'd want to live every at the whole time so that's when you go back training for again and where you'll start all over again to try to get days like that again, and it's great. Marty, you had mentioned there that it was, um, you know, your most memorable and your favourite day as a Carlo hurler. Is there a reason why you think maybe this one outweighs 2018? Well, it was actually my first one, so I wasn't there in 18. Um, well, any, any, any of the lads that uh, were, were, were playing 18, just... Just to, I don't know, I don't know why, but it was just the, with the the crowd, I, the crowd was unbelievable. Um, it was electric up there now Saturday, and uh, and then the homecoming. The way there was no homecoming in in eighteen, or there was no homecoming in seventeen when they won the Christie Ring, like you know, not well, not to that extent, like that. That so it was so it was packed, like and uh, and I suppose just the way we won it then, like you know, the way we went to the literally the last book, went to the last book of the game, and. Uh, I suppose people probably the excitement throughout the game and I suppose probably people thought we were probably flat then at full time and you know that maybe our chance was gone that the momentum was awfully and then sure we kind of showed what we were about then to come out an extra time and just kind of play a normal game like and uh, yeah I think it was just uh, I think it was just a pure emotion too on people's faces that you know you're talking to people there who who are 70 years of age who've seen it all with Carol GA and they're telling you that was the best day they've ever had. Like so, it's just a, it was a huge occasion and it was a huge day for us. Like and we're very, very, um, very grateful. Like and and to be part of it. Like and to to get over the line. You mentioned Marty that came down to the last puck of the game, and let's look back at some of those pucks in the game. And one of the earliest ones was Charlie Mitchell getting a goal. We've seen it in the Kilkenny and Wexford match when Kilkenny stormed ahead with some early goals. That doesn't always go to your benefit, does it? Like, uh, what happens as a player trying to react to that going a goal down within the first minute? Yeah, sure, sure. It's, 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 it's the one thing you find you definitely don't want to happen when you're, I suppose, you're thinking about the match, like, or how how it might go. Like, you know, it's one of the first things you say is just don't like, you know, keep it tight and don't let a goal in at the start. It's sure. look. I suppose that's what you you train for, and we talk about these moments too within the within the group of training, like how we'd react and how we'd, um, you know, just uh, to keep to keep um, to keep doing what we've been doing, and you know, don't panic, because realistically, it's there's only 30 seconds gone in the match, like there's still there was there was still 70 odd minutes left in that match, so um, it was probably a big thing to to it was obviously a big thing the way we responded to the goal, like we 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 scored the next three points within the space of two or three minutes, so. The goal was ruled out nearly straight away. So that was a huge thing for us too and it showed that we were about two as a team that we didn't bother us at all. 
if they could have popped on two or three points and you're, you're one three no score down after five minutes but it was opposite we scored next three points then so it was um, again it showed great character and it showed what we were about as a team the goal then from Paddy Boland he was catching the ball out of the sky it was just it was tremendous to see and then you follow it up then with your own penalty obviously Daramar was sent off for that penalty there's the tide was already turning, but was this kind of a moment? It was a massive moment in the match, no doubt about. But was this a moment that was felt on the pitch? Yeah, look, there was there was a probably there was a spell there, maybe ten to twelve minutes where uh, you know we got really on top, and and I suppose we got the goals, and obviously the sending off and and stuff like that, and we got a few scores. But um, I felt I felt we were I felt um, we were always. Um, we always had the run on him like we were we were nearly on top and I thought we were, like we, we spoke about half time whereas our conversion rate was poor like and so we would have been fierce disappointed now I suppose if you look back on it now if, if you had to come out with the wrong side to that now with just a, um, we ran through and goal a few times and we, we, I mean, we didn't we didn't hold the ball or we didn't make the, the right call or the right choice of the ball but um, the game just took a life of its own then like and as games do like games like that it just so you, you, try, you, you try to stick with your tactics or what you have planned but sometimes it just take off and as it's with the sending off and uh, so even our goal we can see it in the first 30 seconds again like it just life, the game just takes life on its own and, you, and as players that's what you train and that's why you train so hard and yeah so you go through so much in training which far moments like that and how you can prepare and react to it so um, we'd, be, we'd be very pleased I suppose how we um, reacted to stuff on the pitch and how we dealt with it so um yeah, look, we're delighted. When we're talking about pucking of the ball um, within it, a massive moment, no doubt, for you would have been the free towards the end of extra time. And I don't want to give you flashbacks or anything like yeah. that, but it was quite uncharacteristic to see someone like yourself not be able to take advantage of that point. What went through your head when you realised it wasn't going over? Um, sure. I, look, it was... Um I suppose like you're like that, like you're like on like straight away. You're like, oh, yeah, like you're disappointed initially. You're disappointing yourself, but you just have to refocus because there's two, two, two minutes left or three minutes left. So, so the game it was in the last book of the game here. So, um, obviously initially they're very disappointed, but um, just have to kind of get back on it again. And look, thankfully, um, the wall worked out that uh, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't have to live with that. Like, so I got it. it um, the ball ended up going back down the pitch but ended up in Darren Burns hand who hit the equaliser fine so uh, grateful for that and um, look these things happen and so look that's why you have teammates too to, to get you out with stuff and very grateful for, for that like too Brilliant sentiment Marty thanks very much I know that you're going to have Dublin coming up now in the next two weeks or so there'll be no fear of you I'm sure within that Carlo dressing room of going up against them No not at all look it's a great it's a great it's a, it's a great shot for us and it's a great um you know, a chance for us just uh, at home in Carlow in two weeks' time will probably be a great crowd. And so, let's look, we'll, 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 we'll train hard now for the next two weeks again and we'll prepare pro- properly for But yeah, look, we're very much, very much tuned into that now uh, in two weeks' time and all the preparation has, has begun for that now. So, uh, really looking forward to that now. Marty, thanks so much for being so generous with your time. Thanks so much for giving us so many great memories, not just in the Joe McDonough Cup final, but throughout the whole campaign and your years of service with Carlo. We're looking forward to many, many more, and no doubt after the county season ends, the club season will be just beginning. With St Mullins, we're going to be in for another journey with yourself. Thanks very much, Marty. 
Thanks, lads. Bye-bye. Marty Cavanaugh there, ladies and gentlemen, regaling us of the tales and be so candid and open in regards to the Joe McDonough Cup final. Lots more still to come on that. Don't go anywhere. Before we get into the Joe McDonough stuff, uh, the puck fodder competition happened. You've had to relinquish your crown. How do you feel about that? Ah, uh, well, sure. Look, I suppose for the for the week uh, for the week that was in it, Shane. And um, look, I suppose we can't be we can't be everywhere. And I was uh, under the circumstances. I suppose I wasn't I wasn't too put out to to be relinquishing to be relinquishing my uh, my crown there. And um, it was taken over by a. Uh, uh, a good, uh, a good uh, club man uh, of her own as well. So look at it; it could have, it could have been worse. Yeah, I, I, I'd swap a bar stool for Mount Leinster at any stage. Um, but Brian, the celebrations, no doubt, must have been huge, and it was well deserved as well. After a tremendous campaign, I know you're getting back maybe into the real world now as you prepare for Dublin. But you know what? What was that feeling like at, at the final whistle and the and the days after? Ah, sure. Look, it's. It was I suppose at the final whistle. Then it was um very, very hard to put into words, you know, a very surreal feeling. Um and I suppose that the days that led on after the into into Saturday evening back in Carlo at the homecoming at the town hall was just uh more than we could have ever imagined. Um, you know, it was it was unbelievable. It was just, you know, like I suppose we were lucky enough to win it at the inaugural the inaugural one in twenty eighteen and you know, that time there was there was a great crowd back in Carpenters that time, but towards towards what went on, um and the and the welcome home we got on Saturday evening in the town hall was absolutely phenomenal. That was something Marty alluded to as well. Now he wasn't in the two thousand and eighteen panel, but he said the, the, the feeling that there was just more people behind the Carlo team this time around. Do you think that has come with maybe the Joe McDonough Cup now being well established and well respected for the type of hurling that it gives or also do you think that the leading that you had was quite incredible there were some amazing games where you blitzed opponents like Kildare and down the two epic draws with Kerry and Leash and then the victory over the team that you were eventually going to meet in the final awfully like they just seemed like perfect time and everything happened perfectly in, in a way despite the draws if you get me yeah, look, absolutely. I think first and foremost to Joe McDonough, I suppose I suppose the the the, the, the judgment was still out on it in twenty eighteen. It was the first year and it probably took a couple of years really to get going and really establish its its own its own identity and as a competition. Um and I think just the last few years, like, you know, you had last year you had Kerry and Antrim went down, came down to a point and the final, you know, Antrim Antrim came out on the right side of that the year before. Westmead and Kerry came down, you know, came down to a, a very fine margin um as well. Um, you know, all the finals have been so, so tight. Um and I think just the quality of Hurland that is that's in the competition has really brought on brought on the competition itself. But secondly, I think you know, I think this year, um, I suppose credit to Carlo GA as well and and the county board, they've really driven on They've really driven on the, the the I suppose the the publicity of 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 the of of the Carlos Senior Ireland team as well and when the matches were and you know the following we got this year even even the trips away to like going to going to the, the to, to to the most utterly point down and down to Kerry and 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 up and up to the north to down as well and it was we got brilliant followings to those games you know which which in years gone by we probably wouldn't have got near as many now we would have had our our diehard supporters but this. This year was just just took it up to a whole new level. 
when you talk about kind of supporters and people coming around to Ballycran and they're going down to Kerry, out of everyone, you probably have the best seat in the house and you're getting to observe what's happening from, from pitch level. <laughs> not, not to say you want to call into action and y- yourself, but when you're getting to see that this team kind of out in its full flow and out in full force and, and things are going right, like when things aren't going great and particularly the second half of the Joe McDonough Cup like how do you feel as a goalkeeper because you know you have very limited ways in which you yourself are able to influence the game obviously shot stop and obviously your puck outs but what what's the feeling like in your stomach when awfully start turning that tide yeah sure look you're just trying to you're trying to do your best you're trying to look at what when you see you're looking at the clock and you're trying to look as when you're when you're a few points up coming coming down the home straight, you're trying to maybe slow down the game or maybe, you know, take take the sting out of you know, if 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 the if the opposition team is on has momentum or whatever, you're just trying to so you're just trying to do your best and you're trying to speak to the guys out out the field maybe if you can see something maybe that's going wrong or, or something, you know, maybe that could be, could be corrected, that could that could that could alter their that could alter their ability, the opposition's ability. It's you know you're just you are limited, but you're you're just trying to see. You're trying to you're the whole time looking, trying to see, and trying to I suppose influence the game as best as possible as a goalkeeper. You know whether it's be shot stopping or like you said, puck outs and 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 trying to I suppose dictate the pace of the game as well. One of the ways, one of the biggest games in which you had a, a, an influence in, and it's crazy to think considering the scoreline, was the down game. Now, the scoreline could have been completely different had you not been on your, your best, and you really kind of helped establish that goal scoring difference, which we know came into effect last year. Did that play in your mind in your performance at all, knowing how it went last year, how you missed out last year, that you couldn't let down just get any kind of foothold in the game? Yeah, well, look, we always look. I suppose we always knew uh, going up to down. We've had plenty of experience, and that experience over the last couple of years heading up there. We went up there twice and gotten beaten in the last couple of years. Um, this group of players, the majority of this group of players, I should say, sorry. Um, but I suppose going up there, going up there this year in the John McDonough, we were, you know, we 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 identified like that down war. Like you know, they were they were a very very good hurling team, but also a potential. You know, we could if we can't afford to slip up here and 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 do the same as last year, like what happening with Kerry and Carlo, we slipped up against Kerry and Carlo and it cost us dearly. Um, so we were look, we were very aware of that, um, and we we kind of just made sure to to right our wrongs from from last year. And look, any team any team that said you know worth their, worth their salt, you have to be willing to learn from your from your mistakes, both individually and as as a group. And Brian, just in terms of the season itself from the start of the Kyo Cup and particularly the league all the way through to last Saturday and that win in the Joe McDonough Cup final, there was contrast in performances and contrast in results between the Joe Mac and the league particularly. Was it something that she consciously accepted and spoke about within the camp that maybe you were going to have to almost um, time your run and, and be at peak level come the Joe McDonough Cup or was that something that maybe you knew as a panel, but it was never actually openly spoken about or mentioned? I know. Look, in fairness, and and I think Tom Tom um, elaborated on it um, um, at the weekend in after after the after the game after the after the after the final in Crow Park. Tom Tom touched on it as well in terms of we like 
we as a group, as a management team, and as as a as a group of players, and as a as as a, as a whole group, established like that. You know, we were the Joe Mack was the number one was the number one goal for this year. Um, you know, we had a lot of players in college and and that, and we had like same ones same ones once on a very good run in Leinster. So look, we knew we knew we were going to be down players coming into the early part of the year, but. We always kind of we always had a plan like in the back of our head, and as Tom alluded to, it's very very hard to you're in three competitions. It's very very hard to peak for all three competitions in such a a short period of time. Um, I suppose look you look at look at look at Kildare this year. They were absolutely flying it. Um, you know they were they were the team this year in the in the Kyo Cup and the league, and and almost re- and and reached a really. Got very very close to reaping the rewards of it in the league, um, and, and just came up short, and 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 it just it just took its toll, um, because they are a very very good team, but it just goes to show like, no matter how good you are, it's very very hard to stay at the top, uh, at the peak of your powers for for uh, for such such a, a a long period of time. I just want to take you back there to the, the, the mention of lads in college and the mention of the, the youth influx. We were talking to Marty earlier. He said he wasn't part of the 2018 squad. This squad is still very much in development in a way. I, I love listening to the interviews before the game with Fieke Fitzpatrick and the likes of Paddy Bolden talking about getting to represent Carlo and Crow Park for the first time. And it, it, it's not. It's not that it's a work in progress. It's just there's still more to come from this Carlo team. Yeah, you would like to think so. Look, you look at the. I suppose there is. There's a couple of us there. There's the groups that's there that were there in 2018. But you know, it's it's actually it's not as big a group as you would as you would think. Um, but I suppose we are like our our, our own. Our, I'd say our average age in the group now is is uh, is quite. You know, it is it is quite low, which is fantastic and. You no, know, like this year, in terms of the John McDonough, like we went in the in the group stages, we went toe to toe. We were and we were in crunch. You know, there was a lot of crunch games there where we were we were ahead and we drew games. We were behind and we came back to draw the leash game, um, and and that and that will stand to every player. You know, and it's not just about the guys in the field. It's 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 the whole group. Like we had thirty six, thirty seven guys there, um, all year training ridiculously hard and pushing pushing everyone to the to the very best of their ability um, and that's, that's only going to stand to us um, going forward and Brian obviously while you're still celebrating the Joe McDonough Cup win up next is Dublin in the preliminary All-Ireland quarterfinal in Newwatch Cullen Park. A huge crowd is going to be out for that, you would have expected. Um, a lot of people, I suppose, from the outside and neutrals would say it's bonus territory for Carlo. They've achieved all they wanted to achieve and they'll go out and have a cut, but whether they win or lose, it's not too relevant. But for ye, do you see this as a huge opportunity to lay down yet another marker to say that we're not just on the rise, we are able to compete and even try and claim victories against some of the big teams that are in the Lee McCarthy Cup. Yeah, well, look, I suppose we were in we were fortunate enough to be in that position in twenty eighteen and, and little did we know, I suppose that year we were a little naive, little did we know who we were going to face in, in Limerick <laughs> that Limerick team um that's after <laughs> dominating for so much over the last over the last since since that game. Really, um, and look, I suppose next in two weeks' time, I suppose against Dublin, it's 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 going to be a, a big benchmarker for us to let us know where we are in terms of a, a, as a group um, for next year. 
Um, and look, we'll we'll prepare for it as best as possible. We'll get the heads down now um, later this, uh, over the weekend and prepare for the next two weeks and prepare very very hard and give it give it give it a proper battle and, and give it the give it the, the, the give it the the respect that it it deserves as well. Um, and and go at Dublin like by no means feet Dublin are a very very good team. And you know they they went toe to toe with Kenny for a long time and just came up short. Um, you've seen at the weekend like they they had they had Dublin or uh, had Galway at sixes and sevens for a lot of the game, and Galway just eventually found their groove and and, and earned a draw with it. So look, Dublin Dublin are a very very good side. Well, so are Carlo as well, and we're looking forward to following and continuing to follow that journey that you brought us on so far, Brian. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. No problem at all, Shane. Thanks very much for having me. Paul, how are you, sir? Great, Shane. Yeah, thanks very much for having us on. I'm thrilled to be on the show. Thanks very much. Oh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. I'd like to thank you for the, the memories that you've already provided and, you know, hopefully many more to come. But I want to I want to kind of take you back just to the the, the ending kind of moment, the, the one that will live in a lot of people's memories. Because when as people... A lot of us have defining moments and a lot of them can be quite universal, whether that's having a kid or getting married. But not everybody gets to climb that Hogan stand and representing their county as the captain and lift an All-Ireland trophy. What was that moment like for you? Oh, uh, Shane, it was it was magical in fairness. Um, like, so my mom was going to remember for the rest of my life and something that, like, you'd always kind of... Uh, aspire to do at some stage of your career because as a kid I would have been looking at uh, different All-Ireland finals with the likes of uh, Kilkenny and Tipperary and Cork playing and you see their captain going up at the end of the game to get the cup and you see you hear the roar going up and, you know like something that you, you wouldn't you wouldn't really think that might happen in the Carroll jersey um, but I, I'm just delighted there now that we, we're after getting ourselves into a position that we could get to a, a national final and be able to do that because uh, like to make that uh, dream um, actually become reality was huge massive and, and and just picking up on a point that you said there like you know not a lot of people would think that that would happen when you consider say the Kyo Cup and the Lee campaign and Tom Mullally maybe alluded to it in his post match where he says the Joe Mack was always the goal was that something maybe that you started believing in or knew when the league wasn't going particularly in Carlo's favour? Did you know that the Joe Mack was, that was where you were looking to peak? Well, yeah, I suppose you could say that really, but um, like for the league, we were trying to be just as competitive as we could be in each game. And we kind of knew that like more experienced players were going to be coming back into the fold as the league went on. But like we had plenty of good players playing at the time too. And we got a chance to maybe give uh, experience to some of the younger members of the panel. And it was invaluable really because like we had to call on some of those players um, during the game there at the weekend and just throughout the whole Joe McDonough campaign really. So, I think um, we achieved what we wanted to. We set out for throughout the league, um, and then like that helped us out. Then when we set ourselves up, then for the Joe McDonough. And then when you get into the Joe McDonough, you know you absolutely blitz Kildare out of it in the first game, which was the complete antithesis to what happened in the league. You provided us with memorable moments with the the next two games being draws and remaining undefeated. And I know the Kerry one was quite unlucky, but like it just seemed that. 
everybody was getting behind this Carlo journey because you were undefeated because of the goals against down Paddy Bowling banging them in Marty Kavanagh banging them in Fika Fitzpatrick playing out of his life yourself as well you just seem to have been able to get everybody behind you on the road to Croker yeah no it was huge like in like, fairness a massive part of this journey would have been that um, that first day out against Kildare because as you said yourself there, like Kildare would have um they, they would have bet us fairly comprehensively there in the first the first game of the league. I think it could be maybe a fourteen or fifteen point uh beating uh, we took like, you know, so like we had it in the back of our heads at the first round uh of the Joe Mac done when we were going to play Kildare that we really had to kinda of sell our stall for the year and that we had to um we had to try to get a win there, you know, like um and like that definitely that win definitely kinda of gave us the confidence in ourselves and our own ability that right we're at this level and we're well able for it now. And um kinda of, like we kinda of pulled from that I suppose then throughout the rest of the John McDonough kinda of the 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 round stage of it. Um if if we had some tough games, really, really tough games there, like we're lucky enough to to get um uh, draws then against the likes of Kerry and Leash. Um, there were there were two tough tough games as well there, and we're very like like we got out of that Leash game with the skin of our teeth really to get the draw because if like if we if we didn't get that point that day, like we wouldn't be having this conversation here today I'd say you know and like none of what happened on Saturday mightn't happen we mightn't have even got into the final and it might have been another year like the previous three years there where we were kind of just there thereabouts and just didn't get into the final so. Just the lines that we were able to get over the line there, you know. Uh, well, that game against Leash was highlighted to me by uh, by Brendan Hennessy. He goes, that's the day that I knew they were going to win the John McDonough Cup. It's just Marty Kavanagh burying that penalty in the last pocket of ball, basically. Like, he goes, that's when I knew that was going to happen for Carlow this year. Did you feel the the atmosphere within the camp and the, the kind of steamrolling of confidence happening after that game? It was definitely a massive thing for us then that they were able to stay in the chase to get into the final, you know, because we knew we had um we still had two big games left, like we had to go up to down and play them in Ballycran and like like that hasn't been an easy place for this group. We're after going up there twice the last um uh, the previous two years we'd gone up there and we'd lost by a small margin both times. And um like we knew that that was going to be a massive test as well. Like so like each game we played or you was huge for us, you know, and like luckily on that day things really went to plan for us, you know, we were able to open up a bit of a sizable enough lead. Um and then the Offaly game then I suppose to finish off the, the round stage of the John McDonough um, we were able to put in a good performance against Offaly then too you know and like we kind of just said ourselves that day we have a job to do here we need to get through this to, to try to get to our final in Crow Park When you come to the final then in Crow Park a lot gets said about how well Tom Mullally has done over the years with various different clubs and obviously now what he's accomplished with Carlo what's he actually like going into kind of Crow Park what's the dressing room atmosphere is it is it kind of geeing you up and getting you going is it calm is it relaxed what what happens in that dressing room with Tom Mullally beforehand uh, with, with Tom anyway in fairness to him he's very he's very level headed like you know there's no really kind of you know yourself like the traditional um just say county final dressing room where you see lads breaking hurdles off physio tables and <laughs> um, lads roaring and shouting and like bringing up uh, past history and stuff like that between two different neighbouring parishes and all that like that kind of stuff doesn't happen with Tom really you know like the messages that he gives us are giving um, like he he that like he he kind of really believes in um, that it has to come from the players really and like we have to set the standards like he set the standards but we really have to drive them on. 
And what about yourself then as captain? Is there added responsibility? Because between different counties, all the captains maybe have a different role. And uh, what was your role in that? Do you say a speech beforehand? Do you say a speech at half time? Obviously, you're, you're doing your job and you're leading by example out on the field. But what other responsibilities do you have as the captain? Um, well, I suppose as a captain, I, I like I'd be the the face for like the likes of like how many any interviews I have to do for the team and uh, things like that. Now, but in terms of like the actual dress room itself, it's it'd be very rare I'd I'd step up and say something. You know, like that's that's not really not my scene. I um, that never would have been me either. Really, you know, like there's plenty of people inside the dress room there that would speak and speak very very well. You know, so I wouldn't really say too much. Like I'd say a little bit, alright. Like if, uh, if if needs be, now I'd say it, but uh, I wouldn't. Be one of those who would go in and like, have a speech ready for each day uh, I'd, I'd much rather just kind of go out and just make sure that I add, add to the team by um, making sure that I do my job on the day whether that be mark a man or uh, fill a bit of space here and there or do whatever it needs to be for the team you know that's that's the way I kind of operate as a captain and that's the way I kind of try to add to it yeah, leading by example I completely understand that um, what a lot of people seem to have in their head that was going to be understood is that when Offaly came back into the game, gone to extra time, they had the extra man now back after Darmar was sent off, they went back to 15 men. Everyone seemed to go, this is Offaly's now. Off- Carlo never believed that and you could sense they never believed that. But was there any element of doubt in maybe your brain that this was, we've, we've kind of messed this up now, we're, we're going to throw this away? No, like definitely not, like because like when I got back into the restroom, I was look around at the lads, and I knew, like I knew the caliber of player we had, and just the experience we had too. That um, we 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 were able, we would have been able to get this over the line, and I knew the sheer will the lads had to win. Like you know, there's a serious spirit in the in the team, you know, like the games, like that was shown in the games against Leash. Like I think against Leash, we could have went down by seven, six, seven, eight points at some stages, you know, and we just never gave up to that final whistle. And I just knew myself that like we still had twenty minutes to play here, you know, like. It wasn't as if like the first point today, like someone mm. scores, like it's going to be the game is gone. Like I knew we had twenty minutes there. And like I know I can understand why people were saying that, you know, we did look like we were out on our feet at the end of the game. Of course Tila was going out from cramp. But I knew that like the team, the the physio team we have and like uh they really helped us out there in the restroom and like there was the nutritionists were there as well, you know, they had everything we needed to try to kind of get a bit of energy back into our bodies. And like we knew, like that's like Tom has all that stuff started for us, and we like we have that comfort in our heads that we know that everything we need will be there for us. Um, like in the county board, like they've left no stone unturned for us, really. You know, they've been brilliant so far, like to provide that to us, really. But uh, then you know, I had every confidence in the group that we were going to be able to get it over the line. And no, like he did so in tremendously dramatic fashions as well, with that point right at the end. But. You know, something like that needs to be celebrated. But that's not the end of your season now as well. So while we were trying to talk and off air, you were saying, no, celebrations are done now. We're getting our heads back on because you have a big game against Dublin and they're coming to Netwatch Cullen Park. Anything goes in that in that kind of encounter. I'm sure that you're not even looking at it as a free hit. This is a chance to, once again, prove yourself on a national stage. Yeah, it's very true. Um, like we know, like when we're going to play Dublin in two weeks' time, and um, yeah, this weekend two weeks, so it's going to be a huge, huge task for this group. Um, and that's like, like you have to kind of turn your head to it very soon because, like you know, you're coming against serious players here who are after, who are playing at a higher level than us, who are playing at a higher level than us for the last. Um, 
I'd say four four years I think it could be I think the last time we might have played them in the league might have been 2020 you see so maybe it's three four years ago at this stage so we know that they're they're after getting a huge body of work done this year so we know that we, we have to be at our peak in order to be able to even compete in that game um, and we'll definitely we'll definitely trying to give it our best shot anyway you know and we'll, um, we'll definitely try to do our best to win the game anyway Well it, hopefully you're going to have a very long inter-county season ahead of you Paul but after that then comes the club season Seth Mullins will be looking to defend their county championship crown so you have a lot of hurling left to play anyway Plenty of hurling so that's, that, that's what keeps us happy you know that's, that's what that's that's what the best thing is about the likes of the the, the Joe McDonough there this year too like you know it's week on week and that's what players want they want to be playing games they don't want to be stuck training for three or four weeks in a row and the club will be the same this year this uh, year too like I haven't even got a chance to think about that side of things yet like and that will come in its own time but it's going to be the similar enough as well I think it's going to be week on week and that's, that's where players are thriving you know that's what they really want Paul, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us. Hopefully you enjoyed that special moment with your family, your friends, your teammates for a few days. And we're looking forward to hopefully enjoying many, many more uh, along the journey with KCLR and Carlo Hurlan. Thanks very much for taking the call, sir. That's great, Shane. Thanks so much. But just even just to finish up there, um, I just want to make sure that the crowd know uh, the amount of energy they gave us there uh, from the stands there on... Uh, that Saturday it was unbelievable. Uh, I don't think I mentioned them up to this up to this point in the when chatting to you like, but like we would love to see um, a packed out Dr. Cullen Park filled with the colours of Carlo again um, in two weeks' time because that mean an awful lot to us again. You know, it'd be brilliant to see that. So thanks very much for having me on, Shane. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks very much, Paul. There's your rallying cry from the Carlo captain Paul Doyle, fresh off lifting a Joe McDonough Cup. He's looking for you to show up to Netwatch Cullen Park. Carlo versus Dublin prelim All-Ireland series you never know you may get the selector Pat Murphy actually singing after this one unlike at the homecoming Welcome back to Scoreline and we're continuing to look back on that famous victory in Crow Park Last weekend, of course, the Joe McDonough Cup final. Myself and Robbie, delighted to be joined now by Carlo GEA Chairperson, Mr Jim Bulger. Jim, have the celebrations died down as of yet? Uh, they have now, Shane, we're back, we're back on track again, but I'm sure there's still pockets of resistance in that regard. A few people still uh, enjoying it, and rightly so. In fairness, you know, it was a great day for us, great victory. A uh, great style of victory as well. Uh, no shortage of skill on display with the resilience, allied to the resilience and passion that all the lads showed. Uh, it was a tremendous day for us. One of the most memorable, if not the most memorable in my lifetime because to perform to that level in Crow Park and to be asked the questions that were asked of the lads, you know, to go in there after a uh, normal time and I suppose awfully having you know, put five or six points in a row together and uh, the momentum that was there with Offaly, that's massive for any team. And I was so impressed. I was privileged to be in the dressing room with the lads. I'm so impressed by the leadership shown from that group prior to the management having a chat with them as well. But there was no way they were going to take a, a backward step. And I think that was very evident in the extra time. Jim, let's take a backward step ourselves. Um, a lot of people say, follow me up to Carlo, but we followed Carlo up to Crow Park. Your actual journey, say, to Crow Park, 
what's going through your head? Yeah. What's what's the sentiments when you're going up for a Joe McDonough Cup final? You know, it's it's something that I haven't yeah. ever got to experience, but you've been so ingrained in it. What what did that feel like? Was there yeah. tension, nerves? No, it, it, it's prep. Once you're prepared, and and our guys were prepared. I thought they were very cool, very focused, and um, you know the 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 bus players do different things, but the bus was there was a good buzz on the bus and uh, we stopped and had a little break and I could sense from the group that they were quietly confident and it was a great feeling and we knew there was a job to be done and the lads had prepared really well and if you look at the season in its context you know to go from pure cup into the league and then really focus on this so from day one the target was the McDonough Cup and the management team and the lads came together and really uh, totally focused on winning that McDonough Cup and I knew by the group I knew by the atmosphere on the bus that these lads were ready for the challenge and again we had that little break I was talking about and you could sense that confidence there that the belief in themselves and the new that they have the forwards. Their defence was very good, and obviously they didn't play then with the midfielders. But very good forwards, and a very good record defensively in the McDonough Cup this year. So the confidence was high, even though it came across as being quietly confident. I'd say it was slightly higher than that. Jim, you referenced there the Kyo Cup and the league, of course, which would have been the start of the season. The Joe McDonough Cup final was just about three months since that first round league defeat to Kildare. I think it was 25 points to 11 in favour of them in Netwatch Cullen Park that day. Was the thinking yeah. aligned from management, players, county board, everybody involved in Carlo GA from the start of the year that whatever happened in the Kyo Cup, whatever even happened in the league campaign, it was all about the Joe McDonough Cup because the turnaround has been stark and absolutely brilliant to watch? Yeah, well, it was really about developing the squad and, you know, what happened in the Kyo Cup and even the early stages of the league and so on. Uh, right through those particular times the management team were preparing the lads for bigger challenges ahead and the lads knew that the whole structure of the training and the effort in training and around the entire uh, squad was to develop the players to bring through a few younger players and to really ramp it up incrementally and I think that was pretty evident last Saturday this day last week. So that was the culmination of it. But that was a structured approach because it's very, very difficult to pick for three competitions. And we had to prioritise that. But again, developing the, the team, the squad and so on like that. And we had players that were involved in other competitions uh, like Fitzgibbon and so on. And they had to come back in and yeah. fit into what was happening there. So it was organised, it was structured and the development was incremental for the squad. And there was a freshness there to the lads as well, and that's important too, because we hear a lot about burnout as well at present. But the lads timed their own so well, I'd have to commend the management on that in partnership with the players. And I'll come back to the game in a, se- in a sec. I just want to kind of pick up on a point that you said where everything was geared towards winning the Joe Mack. Obviously, you have a match against Dublin 
up next in uh, preliminary All Ireland series. Is there yeah. a worry that maybe you've peaked with the Joe Mack and like, because that's what you set your stall out from the start, or is this this is a free hit uh, against Dublin coming into it because they're coming to Netwatch Cullen Park, you know that Carlo definitely have a point to prove. But is there somewhat of a worry that that was the crescendo of the season and anything else after that is just a bonus? No, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's a it's a worry. Like you know, we're developed to win the Joe Mac. That's that's objective has been achieved, and we're in bonus territory now. And unlike the last time, which was the inaugural occasion for the Joe Mac, we're not trying to celebrate and then three or four days later, after the celebrations, uh, play who that time ironically was Limerick, and we know they've gone on to ever since that. Like they turned into a magnificent squad altogether. So we have that little bit of breathing space and um, a little bit of downtime and let lads recover and so on is important. Now that's not to say that Dublin Dublin is a formidable challenge and uh, we played them in, in uh, two weeks' time now. And uh, you know that that's that that bit of breathing space will help us to recover. Will will um, will uh, I suppose. Um, it allowed us to, to, to celebrate the fine victory that we had this day last week and uh, will that will bond the lads even more because there's a closeness there now that comes from winning and, and performing in headquarters like they did. So that will stand us in good stead. But again, this is a big step up to play third in Leinster. But that's where we are and, and we're delighted to be there. And that's obviously looking ahead to what will be a really exciting game against Dublin, Jim. But just to bring it back to the match last Saturday, you know, you think about um, everything that kind of came to the fore in terms of the quality that we've seen on the pitch, but also the character of the team. Do you think it's also, obviously that is instilled by the management and the players are able to perform on the pitch then, but... What you think about it, it's a third year in charge for Tom Mullally and his management team does it go to show how important patience is from Carlo GA supporters but also from the county board as well oh, it, it, it does and, and um, it, 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 it does and I, I think that people can overreact or knee jerk and we're certainly not going to knee, knee jerk like we go through a process of appointing management teams and uh, in good faith, and uh, there are certain criteria that management teams have to meet. But you can't just flick a switch. You have to build, you have to develop. Trust has to develop between players and management. And respect has to be there. And I think that's very much there now. And uh, if it takes a year longer than people expect or want, you can't, you know, you have to look at it and be realistic about where you are and so on like that. And um, I think that trust between the county board and management team is important and trust between the county board and the players is important so I think that takes a while to evolve as well and um, I could even mention the, 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 the footballers in that uh, context because we have a very young and inexperienced group that we need patience with as well and uh, uh, you know we have a lot of, we're in transition and building so you know we've a, we've a challenge now tomorrow again against Longford so it's, it's very important that we give the management team the necessary space to again develop the players and build up that trust and build that bond between management players, county board and indeed clubs, we need their support as well and clubs have been very good to us by giving us the calibre of players that we have but everyone needs to just 
be realistic and be patient with groups that are developing. And that's what we have uh, with the footballers. That's what we're after having with the hurlers as well. I'm glad you brought up the footballers. That game is live on KCLR tomorrow from 3 o'clock with thanks to Dan Morrissey and co. Uh, considering the say end to the Chalchin Cup last year ended on a high, what the Carlo Hurlers have been able to accomplish and the support that's got behind them, is there maybe somewhat of an added pressure on Niles Crews men to not replicate the success but to continue the good vibe that is happening within Carlo GEA? Ah, yeah, look, they, they will. And we, we had a great vibe down in Ockram a few weeks back, you know, to, to I suppose, overturn the Leinster defeat to, to Wicklow. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow we're on that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's pressure. I think it's a help. And I think that the, the good place we're in um, will help and inspire the footballers as well, you know. And um, the, 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 that's, that's not an added pressure. Like, there's, there's, always, there's always pressure on inter-county teams to perform and uh, the football is a very good group um, that that uh, are developing as I say we're in transition and and uh, look we've, as you said last year we had a great win over Tipperary and we performed uh, very well against uh, Westmead who ultimately won the competition then afterwards and uh, like more of that would be more than welcome so we'll see where we end up you know so we we Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll we'll get the rubber to green a bit uh, tomorrow and um, and have a real cut at Longford, and I believe we will. Yeah, we're looking forward to all the inter-county action that is still yet to come. Uh, club action has continued in the background. You've had Shield and Bulger Cups. You have League yeah. Football Finals yeah. uh, coming up next Thursday. Netwatch, Cullen Park, and then of course when we get into the the business end of the club season. So. Uh, are you looking forward to that yeah. yourself? And how has it been managing the inter-county and club side? Yeah, well, it, it's it's difficult to get the balance right. Um, clubs are getting used to it being county time and vice versa. And we try not to have much interference or overlap in that sense. And the, the Bulger Cup final, uh, Bagnestown uh, finished very strongly. Um, there were ten points down or six points down with ten minutes to go. And score two two then to win by two, which is a great performance. And St Mullins the other night won the shield competition. It was tight enough at half time, and then St Mullins got away a little bit, and uh, Mountain Rangers couldn't roll them back in. But yeah, two very good matches, I'd have to say. And uh, and then we have Tin Ryland and and Aroke next week, who know know each other really well, and uh, that'll be an interesting final as well. But it's um, it's it's a whole new ball game for all of us to try and get used to it, come to terms with, it. and uh, those have to play without their county players or at least the twenty six named county players anyhow, and um, and again that can be difficult for some clubs that are providing a lot of players to our county squads, but um, we 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 really appreciate the clubs that do provide large numbers of players. We appreciate all clubs, but the ones that do provide large number of players, we don't want to discourage them for anyone, any club from doing so, because I, I think it's great benefit ultimately to clubs in the long run to have their players in uh, at that higher level at inter-county and it will stand them in good stead and ultimately benefit the clubs in the long run. So it's always an advantage, I believe, to have your players in uh, at the highest level that they possibly can be in at. So that's great for them. 
Jim, thank you so much for giving us your time and reflecting Thanks. on a tremendous Thanks, win with the Joe Mack and looking ahead to the club season and indeed Carlo's Chalchin Cup clash tomorrow. And really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, sir. Thanks. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks very much, lads. Good luck. Carlo G. Chairperson Jim Bulger looking back on what has been a tremendous weekend for Carlo and hopefully the good times continues. Don't go anywhere. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Now I'm delighted to be joined by eight-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Aidan Fogarty, to look back on last weekend's final round Leinster round robin game between Wexford and Kilkenny, a game that saw Wexford come out on top by two points. Of course, you heard it live here on KCLR. And we will also look ahead to next weekend's Leinster final between Kilkenny and Galway. Yet another game that you can hear on KCLR. Uh, before we get into it, uh, Taggy, how are you today? Good, Robbie now, not a bother, enjoying the sun. Yeah, we I think we all are at the moment. Taggy, before we get into that Leinster final, the game against Wexford last weekend, we haven't been chatting to you since. What did you make of it? It was a mad game, first of all, but I suppose from a Kilkenny perspective. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy game, Robbie. Um, look, I did feel before the game that um, going down to Wexford Park is always a hard place to go to I know hindsight is a great thing but just from my own experience going down it's a tough place to go and Wexford um, they seem to play well against Kenny and whenever you know their backs are against the wall and they have to come out fighting Wexford are a very very dangerous prospect um, remember last year as well they beat Kenny in the park when they had to as well you know when the, when the guns are really down they had to get over the line you know they're, they're a very dangerous entity so that and all the talk, Robbie, I suppose, of how bad um, Wexford were going. And they were going bad. You have to call it spade a spade. You know, they got a terrible result uh, against West Mead, really. That was just a, the worst result Wexford would have got in the whole championship. Um, so, to, to the dangerous to the place to be going down to. And I think um, Derek was going down with... with um, was not without his full team really. Richie Reid was was out injured, you know, centre back, big loss, and um, you know Deegan was out as well. So it was kind of I won't say it was in Wexford's hands, but uh, it was set up for um, you know something something major to happen, and it did. And it was a crazy game, um, you know. There was, was nine goals in it. Uh, it was end to end. I felt Kilkenny in the first 10-15 minutes were just going to walk away with it, but the parents to Wexford they, they came back at it and they just kept plugging away and, and got the result and got the result and, and a badly needed result for Wexford and a badly needed result for for Leinster hurling. I felt uh, Robbie as well. You know, it's been said already during the week that um, Leinster hurling and the Munster Championship, you know, the Munster Championship is streaks ahead and the and the matches prove that and it's way more exciting. But um, you know, it saved Wexford from going down. It saved um, the Leinster Championship in ways. Uh, nobody would like to see Mexico going down and the thing with that was would well, it go down and come back up but it wouldn't be that easy Robbie I think if you go down you look at Offaly um, albeit that Offaly were struggling for years before they went down uh, what's happened then but you don't just come back up and if you go down to a, a, the tier of the Joe McDonough albeit a good competition for the lesser teams um, you know people stop going to matches and the club scene will drop and um, the hurling standard will drop and I'm just delighted to see Wexford back in the Leinster Championship for next year and um, you know I, I, in one way I was delighted to see him you know I won't say beat Kenny but stay in the Leinster Championship and uh, you know just, just things to look forward to too in, in uh, next week as well but Kenny so um, yeah so it was, it, was, it was hairy stuff altogether 
it certainly was. But just to pick up on that point about Wexford Taggy, because a lot of people, including their own commentary team that day, Brendan Hennessy, Michael Walsh and Adrian Ronan, were actually criticised for saying that it would probably be for the betterment of the Leinster Championship and hurling in general if Wexford were to win that game and maintain their place in the Leinster Championship next season. You obviously think along those lines as well. For people maybe that are a bit frustrated with that line of thinking or just completely don't understand it if you're a Kilkenny supporter why do you feel as though or could you elaborate a bit more on why it is so crucial to have Wexford in the Leinster Championship well look for me to have Wexford in the Leinster Championship they're actually a very good team we've seen the Leinster Championship this year already and we have we have Wexford in it um, and we have Dublin in it and we have the, you know the West Mead Antrim um, Galway and Kilkenny Okay, so the standard has dropped in in Leinster hurling in terms of Wexford hasn't kept the consistency levels of a high standard, so their standard has dropped. I feel as well Dublin's standard has dropped, and everyone has been given out about the standard of Leinster hurling. So if you want the standard of Leinster hurling to come up to par, you need the best teams in it. So if you look at who's going to come up next year, Cardo are going to come up next year into the into the Leinster Championship, and already uh, I listened to the interview just after. Um, after they won the McDonough Cup, that uh, Marty Cavan, uh, you know, very shrewd, brilliant hurler, uh, but he called a spade a spade and said, "Look, we're going to shift a few beatings, but we might get results along, might get a few results along the way." Um, but I don't think they're going to be consistent enough to put it up to the likes of the Galways and the Kilkennys. So, in terms of Leinster hurling and a championship and trying to build the game in Leinster, you need Wexford. Uh, playing at the top top tier uh, because they're just they're a team that can bring a level of consistency and a level of kind of um, you know a level of hurling that are able to compete with the top teams when they're on their when they're on their game so you know when they get a run um, they bring so much to the championship you see in 2019 when they get on a run and that seems to be I won't say Wexford's flaw but it's when their tails are up and when they get on a run that's when they're at their most dangerous you know, and the, you know the Wexford crowd and everything they, they bring with them. They're just a hurling county, and any, anybody that knows hurling, know Wexford. They're just a hurling county, and I think if they went down, the team that were going to replace them wouldn't bring that level of consistency and that um, level of bite to championship. So I'd feel the Leinster Championship would drop e- even more, Robbie. But in terms of being a Kilkenny man and being a Kilkenny supporter, and previously played with Kilkenny, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that players are going down there saying, "Let's put uh, Wexford down to the McDonald's trust." you know, the McDonald's um, Cup, yeah. you know, but put hurling out of the mind. Because as a sports person and as a team, that's the way you have to think. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that's what, that's what Kenny were going down there to do. They might have said it out loud, but they were definitely going down there to get a result for themselves and, you know, to get one over Wexford because Wexford has been beating Kenny in the last couple of years. They beat them in the under-20 championship at Northern Park. I was at the game there myself as well. So they are a thorn in Kenny's side. So, in terms of championship, maybe next year, if you're looking for even an easier route, if Wexford went down, that'd be one less uh, opposition uh, team that Kilkenny would have to to, um, to worry about. So, in terms of being a sport and Kilkenny player, yeah, for sure, beating Wexford. But I think for the overall uh, status of Hurling and Leinster Hurling, that's what that's why I'd like to see Wexford back up in the in the Leinster Championship next year. 
Well, that's a really interesting take on things with Wexford. Of course, their season is over. Uh, Kilkenny's is not over. They have a Leinster final to look forward to. Before we look ahead to that, just one more note on that Wexford game. It was the first defeat in the championship for Derek Ling, which obviously means the first defeat of the season in the Leinster championship for Kilkenny. As you well know, being involved with hyper-successful teams, winning is a habit, but sometimes can a loss like that, where there wasn't as much jeopardy or as much on the line, can it be for the good in the long run? Um, I, I I think so, Robbie. Um, you know, it's always been said that you learn more from a game that you lose than a game that you win, nearly. Um, Kilkenny have been tipping along nicely, um, I suppose, in terms of uh, winning all their games, having lost the game, drew one against Galway, of course. But, you know, haven't really been um, tested. And I suppose it's kind of a, a conundrum, really, that, yes, we haven't really been tested, and the only game that we were really tested in was Wexford. But if you look at even our mentality, maybe going down to the Wexford Park, we were basically in a Leinster final, as it was. Uh, we were without a couple of key players. And I suppose that the, the whole talk around the county was that Wexford are, are dead and buried, and it's just a matter of going down and getting a result, you know, uh, which is never the case against Wexford, especially in Mexico Park as we spoke about already so in terms of that I suppose it's a mentality thing really um, for the team going down that I, I would have been kind of suggesting maybe that we would have dropped our standards just slightly but you do learn more um, I think um, players themselves uh, it gives them you know a bit more kind of bite for going on in the championship saying that this is not going to be an easy run of course not going to be an easy run Um any team can beat you on the day I suppose that's the lesson really and that would have been spoken about in our dressing room at the time you know when we're coming up uh, of so-called lesser teams that um, you know any team if you're one or two percent off any team can take you down and I suppose that's a lesson for this team and for Derek as well just to kind of implement into his players uh, unfortunately after the game we picked up an awful lot of locks you know if you think about I think we roughly about five players Injured for next week, um, you know Adrian Mullen, huge, huge player for us, Robbie. Um, you know he he's a vital cog in that Kenny team. I think um, Mikey Butler corner back, you know, um, very good the last day as well. Um, excellent man marker, our go-to man, young hurler of the year. Mossy Keown seems to be the guy that's kind of um, uh, up front, kind of getting goals. Uh, Reed and Deegan will probably be back, but you know they, they missed the last game, so you know how good or how bad it'll be. It could be a bit rusty. So yeah, unfortunately. The, the, the big the worry is probably not the result it's more so the injuries that's have to come out for any point of view yeah and obviously those injuries will dictate how Derek Ling and his management team prepare for the Leinster final against Galway just to take you back to last year um, I'm sure you'll remember the Leinster final it was unforgettable in how bad it was between Kilkenny and Galway Kilkenny of course came out winners in the end and then when you contrast that maybe to the game between Kilkenny and Galway in Nolan Park this year while it maybe lacked in intensity some people would say it was quite a fluent and, and a vibrant game to watch even though that ended in a draw of course do you think Derek Ling will look back on last year's Leinster final and try and make it a more attritional and physical affair like it was last year when Kilkenny came out on top or will he want to do it more so along the lines of how Kilkenny have been playing this year? Uh, look, I think he just can't change his strategy just, you know, um, all of a sudden. I think um, Derek is playing to a kind of brand of hurling uh, he's implemented into his players he has a certain kind of drive uh, brought into him so I think he, yeah, of course. I think he will look back in the Leinster final last year, but not for to change the change the team. It's more so kind of see maybe what happened or what players maybe stood up to the mark maybe for Galway or what was um you know our weak link or or whatever the case may be. Um, he'll definitely look at the game this year. He'll look at uh, certain players in terms of kind of matchups maybe. Um, but you know I think the the, the game in Nolan Park. 
albeit it was probably a better game than Crow Park. I think maybe the, the venue probably played into that a bit, Robbie. Um, you know, Nolan Park is, is a brilliant venue. Um, the, you know, the stadiums were, were full. It was a sunny day. Um, a good few Galway travelled down. So the atmosphere was very good straight away. You know, you can get lost a bit, a small bit in Crow Park with, with, with the capacity of crowds. If there's 30,000 there, it might sound like a lot, but in Crow Park, it's actually not. And, yeah. you know, when the, day, when the game itself is not intense, a crowd can bring a sense of intensity. You've seen in Wexford Park, you know, when the first 10 minutes, Kenny got two goals, the whole energy was sucked out of the crowd. And next thing, uh, tip, or, um, Wexford got their tails up and the whole game changed and that fed into the game. So I think Crow Park has um, uh, affiliated to that as well in, in terms of match crowds. And, you know, it can be a very damn squid up there when you, when you see balls over the bar and I've been there, you know, and you, you just got a clap from the crowd. As a team, I suppose it doesn't really bother you, but you know, to the whole yeah. kind of match day kind of preparation and, and and the and the match itself, the intensity does seem to kind of go out. But look, I think the Leinster final is going to be a totally different game than it was uh, in Nolan Park. I think um, the two teams will be going absolutely one hundred percent for it uh, because of the uh, the break you're going to get if you win. You know, if you go through that back door, I think it's actually on paper already. I think we could be meeting uh, the winners of Offaly and Tipperary. Um, the, the the losers of the Leinster Championship. I'm I, I can, I'm nearly certain on that, but I can't be sure. So either way, no matter what what position you are, you do you don't want to go to the back door because, in terms of injuries, you know you want time to get them right. If you pick up knocks, um, you want preparation for a semi final. And I always feel that you can he do. Uh, the break pretty well, that they do preparation pretty well, uh, you know, their in-house games would be pretty good and they always seem to be up for a semi-final. We we tend to do very well, no, I'm talking about semi-finals but I'm talking about winning the Leinster final to get to a semi-final. We tend to kind of play better um, in the in the, in the Ireland series, you know, I don't know what it is, it just seems to be kind of more clued in, we're probably more used to it and I suppose call a spade a spade we didn't have to be going 100% in the Leinster Championship you know so from now on it's 100% they can only imagine training being ramped up as much as they can in terms of uh, the break that they'll get like we only have two weeks so basically the first two sessions is going to be just um, recovery and then you might get one or two maybe hard sessions and then it's recovery after that so in terms of training it's going to be difficult to ramp up training um because of the, the the time limit you have to Leinster final, but it's going to be a completely different game, and, and the two teams will be going go far. And I just want to get your take on a couple of other things that are topical in hurling at the moment, uh, Taggy. But before we do that, the Leinster final. How do you see it going, and how important is this game, not just for both sides, but but for both managers as well, Derek Ling and Henry Shefton, who you know very well, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, two big games um, for the for the boys. In fairness, uh, it's Derek's first year involved. He wanted to get get a bit of silverware, no doubt about that. Um, Kilkenny, you know, in Leinster final tend to do well. Um, and you asked me about Henry as well. It's Henry's second year, and I think um, the pressure would be probably more so on Henry, perhaps able to pick up a little bit of silverware for this Galway team you know um, he's done a good job uh, no doubt about it but um, look it's all about what you win isn't it and uh, I suppose it's all about progression as well and if you don't win a Leinster final and if you probably get knocked out maybe or you know if you don't win the Ireland was there progression so in terms of county boards looking at managers you know was the progression has the team improved so I think maybe the pressure might be slightly on Henry if Marbet in terms of the two teams coming in Robbie I feel they're just two unknown entities nearly as it is Like, and I know we're a month into the championship six weeks into the championship maybe it's a blase comment but I still feel we don't know a whole lot about Kilkenny actually against that Wexford defeat we learn more about Kilkenny in that game that we have nearly in the whole championship so far um, I feel you know 
the, the, there's goals uh, being scored about Uncle Kenny. It seems to be a long ball to the full back line. Uh, I think um, Derek will have to look at that. Uh, they'll have to close, shore up shop at the back, uh, just become really, really tighter. Um, I do feel we have a good vibe. I think our work rate is very good. And I think at the other end, we are beginning to score goals. You know, Owen Corey um, put in a few there the last day. Mossy Keown, as mentioned already. Uh, Tom Phelan um, is probably a fine as well in the half forward line, doing really well, scoring 1 4 against Wexford. So his confidence would be up. So I think, in terms of a forward line, I think we might be coming together a, a little bit better. And our midfield, as we always talked about, is um, trying to find one. You know, if Adrian Mullen is there, and Deegan's face that that might just work well on, on a Galway's perspective you know it's just really the inconsistency it's the old failings of Galway um, I feel you know it's just our hunger the last day against Dublin like, that was that was a prime game to get your team flown in, in Croke Park uh, before our Leinster final and they were just so flat I felt you know that that hunger so for Galway is like what Galway is going to turn up and, and that's the cliche that's been used with Galway for the last 10 years on paper yes brilliant players and on their day they can take down any team but that inconsistency of not turning up and maybe being flat on the day that is a real worry for Henry I think and it's it, it's a real worry you know for prepare a team during the week been going really well but still kind of unknown of what way they're going to turn up uh, on a Leinster final day or any day for that matter so that 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 that's a real worry. So it, it's really hard to call it. Um, I would say Kenny a bit further along um, in terms of kind of maybe physicality and hunger and bite and drive. And when it comes to this time of the year, that's what you really need. You know, you really need that kind of that raw intensity. And, and I think Kenny kind of have it uh, um, and they have it in spades. It'd be a close game, Robbie. It's, it's going to be very hard to call. As I said, if Galway turn up, they, they could clean you by ten points. But Kenny are always a hard team to beat, and that's a good sign of a team when they're hard to beat. You know. Yeah, and that's the Leinster Championship. When you contrast that with the Munster Championship, I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that the game's been a lot more entertaining if you're a neutral, a lot more competitive for the most part, and just there seems to be more eyes on them, and that it's it's a better product at the moment than the Leinster Championship. We spoke to your former Kilkenny teammate as well, Michael Fenley, and he said that the Leinster Championship at the moment, it's not viable, it's not feasible to continue in this way and that it's not actually doing much to promote hurling in the province. Would you agree with that? And do you think something needs to change when it comes to the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship? Yeah, it's a tricky question, Robbie. I think um, I think the Leinster Championship and the Munster Championship are two very important competitions. Um, if you want to be old school about it, I don't think they'll ever lose the Leinster Championship I don't think they'll ever lose the Munster Championship definitely not the Munster Championship God, they wouldn't they wouldn't let that go anyway um, <laughs> wouldn't be allowed <laughs> wouldn't be allowed or the uproar down below in Munster so, would, but, um, so I, I, I think maybe you know I think maybe have the championships something along the lines of maybe the football uh, the, the football tiering system that let them have the, 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 the Leinster Munster Championships and let that feed into maybe a kind of an Ireland series where there's an open draw you know, maybe on a maybe on a pint system, if you do well in the Leinster Championship, that you pick up maybe a pint or two, and that feeds into an open draw of where you know they play each other, whatever. So you have three games after the Leinster or Munster Championship is over, and and go from there and have more of an even spread across the line because definitely this year, and I suppose maybe everyone's looking at it this year because the standard I think has dropped, and I mentioned already, I don't want to be going on about yeah. it, but the, you know, Wexford and Dublin dropping their standard, that, that really hurts the Leinster Championship, I feel. And I know Dublin drew against uh, Galway, but they're just too inconsistent, you know, and Galway were so off the mark. So, and I actually think if they did something like that, if they'd thrown a Dublin, 
and if they turn to Wexford and these teams in against a Munster team, I think to, mix, to be a different brand of hurling, to be a different type of game. Because to be fair, you know, whenever we do, the, the Leinster Championship is over and the Munster Championship is over, Leinster teams do tend to do well in, in the Ireland series. You know, Clare yeah. and Wexford had a right humdinger there last year. Um, you know, Clare just barely coming out on top. You know, so they, they and a couple of years ago, Dublin um, nearly caught Tipperary. So they're, they're a different type of game. It's a different type of hurling, um, a different type of atmosphere. You know, it, 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 the whole thing is a small bit different. So I think we're just looking at this issue because the Dempster Championship has been very poor. And I suppose along with that, they're not touching Munster at all. You know, Kerry, if they won, they're not even going into Munster, they're going into Leinster. Do you know, so the Leinster seems to be the little freeway between teams coming up from the Joe McDonough, which I previously mentioned, I think, on this show, that like they're in a fine, they're in limbo between a good McDonough Cup team, but a poor um, McCarthy Cup yeah. team. And they might get a result here and there, but that's really no good for the championship. So I'd like to see, as I said, you know, Munster Leinster Championship, I think, because I do like the Leinster Championship in terms of it's, it's, a, it's an honour and I have Leinster medals and it's, it's a brilliant day out and, you know, there's a bit of history to it. Yeah. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a traditionalist as well. And the same with the Munster thing, I'd like to see the Leinster Championship stay, but I would I would like to see maybe that it just feeds into maybe a bigger competition of where there's um, an open draw and the draw takes place after the um, championship in terms of tiering in, in the Munster and Leinster and then have three maybe games after that where uh, Munster are playing Leinster teams and it's a, it's, a, it's a mixed bag and then go from there. And I think maybe that might be I know a fixture guru but you know it might solve a little bit of the problem you know yeah it's fascinating to, to hear your take on that um, Taggy I don't want to hold you too much longer but just generally on the Munster Championship this year we have a Munster final now a repeat of last year's decider between Limerick and Clare Tipperary came out in third um, hopefully Kilkenny will be competing for an All-Ireland title who do you think coming out of Munster are the biggest threat to Kilkenny from ending their 8 year wait for the Lee McCarthy Cup yeah, God, um, they're all a threat, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every team you play from now on are, are a threat. Um, it, 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 it's hard to know. Look, I, I think Limerick, they're, they're, they're an excellent team, you know, and I know there was talk about them a couple of weeks ago about their standards of shots, and, and they did. And the teams have come up to the same level more so than, than dropping standards, they have a few injuries. Uh, but, you know, they're only lost the game by a pint. You know, they drew against Tip, they they won, they beat Cork by a pint. So, as teams are coming up, they're still finding it very, very difficult to beat Limerick. And I think Limerick are going to get better in the All-Ireland Series. I, I said it before, to be easier about Limerick in a Munster Championship uh, game on week on week. And, you know, when the media maybe are down on them and different things. And, you know, the energy is kind of being sucked out and there's doubts about them. But they win this Munster Championship now after beating Cork, you know, backs against the wall. I remember, just just quick off note, Robbie, I remember when they were writing off uh, maybe the Kenny team that I was on, you know, that fed yeah. into our dressing room that we were saying this is not going to happen. Like, absolutely no way. Like, no, I know it's easy to say it now. Um, I remember Tipper coming out of the Northern Park, they had us written off and, you know, they're going to put the final lane in the coffin kind <laughs> of thing. And, you know, I suppose it wasn't said, but you could just sense it around the dressing room, you know. So I think Limerick are kind of fee- are like that now, you know, that a lot of people are against them. People want them beaten because they're champions, you know. It's just, that's, that's just sport. Um, they, want, they, they want them gone. So Limerick are going to be dangerous. I think Clare will have learned an awful lot from last year as well. Um, you know, they were very tired coming into that semi-final um, because of the Munster Championship. And, and, and you talk about the Munster Championship, 
maybe that's a, a deficit. You see Tipperary picking up um, injuries. You know, Barrett is out. Um, Jason Ford is out. Um, Morris is out. So, like, that's the problem with playing big, heavy, um, tactical matches every week. You know, you're, you're, you're perhaps maybe just a higher team coming over. But every one of the Munster teams are up to it. I think Tipperary maybe have a slight bit to go yet. So, I'd still think Limerick are top dogs and I still think that they will take a serious beating especially in that Ireland series but I think they're beatable and I think um, I think a Galway Ockley Kennedy could easily beat them on their day so I think the championship is, it's shown up um, it's wide open you know I, I really do I think every team will fancy themselves against each other team and I think Limerick are just that maybe that one or two points ahead but not too far from being taken down by any team on their day when they were 100% so interesting times ahead Robbie Certainly are, and uh, we look forward to chatting to you about it in the future. I chat to you all day today, but we may call it at that. Uh, Aidan Fogarty, thanks ever so much for stopping by, and uh, chat soon. Thanks, Robbie. Now on Saturday, 10th of June, Kilkenny GA Coaching and Games is holding its first coaching workshop for 2023 in UPMC Nolan Park. This is the first in a series of planned workshops. And to talk a bit more about this, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by eight-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Michael Fenley. Michael, how are you today? I'm good, Robbie. Thanks very much. Uh, Michael, could you explain to us what this workshop is? So yeah, this is a coaching workshop, Robbie, um, that actually it's being hosted in uh, NW Hire out in Dunmore. So there's a change in venue there, basically. So it was down for UPMC Nolan Park, but now it has gone to NW Hire out in Dunmore. Um, registration has been quite good, to be honest, to date, which is excellent to see. And, and you'd be hoping for you know a, a good number more, to be honest, of coaches to come in because it's a really good and strong lineup of the day. Um, and just to break down a little bit about it, I suppose, we have David Herity um, starting off with, with a, a two to two and a half hour uh, session on goalkeeping. David will be working through puck out strategies, working through the psych- psychology side of things of being a goalkeeper, um, working on drills that coaches can do within their sessions with their goalkeepers, looking at different angles, shot stopping. Um, and there'll be many little breakouts within that session as well, where David will have coaches basically going through little practicals themselves. Like So very much much hands-on and a nice mixture of practical and, and content, which is which is great. Um, that'll be followed by a session then with um, Sean Kelly and Nathan Cullerton. The two lads are going to be working on youth, youth development is the focus, but essentially here is um, the target is to try and make our players, our younger players, more robust, essentially, because a lot of them are playing uh, a lot of games, a lot of different sports. We want to make them stronger. We want to reduce injuries, essentially. And um, and Sean and Nathan will go through um, a warm-up in terms of, again, an injury prevention warm-up and such. Um, the second part of that, then, will be uh, going through acceleration and speed work. So, again, sometimes that's not done um that regular in our sessions and it should be because we want you know the bodies to go through you know to get up to those high high meters per second and that's something that we need to be doing a lot more regular within our sessions and some people are afraid of maybe coaching speed Robbie in some cases so um, it'll be a nice insightful uh, session from Sean, Sean and Nathan on that speed type of work and also then the aerobic work will also be touched on where Sean will go through um, a bit of testing uh, on, on that day and also be able to show how to actually put in a program on on the running side of things. So straight away, like two very, you know, very interesting, uh, very hands-on, very practical and, you know, 
is something that we really need in our sessions in, in clubs like so uh, those two will, will be st- starting out and be, will be very strong and then uh, in the afternoon then we have Game Sense I think they're a, a Limerick based company um, and they've set up an app and a website there over the last few months and uh, I've been on it myself it's very good it's a mixture of small sided games um, drills in Gaelic football and in hurling and essentially gives you a, a, a good variety um, of different types of games that you can use and I suppose what are you trying to do in your training session what's the goal of your training session whether it's a running game whether it's a striking game whatever it is the boys basically have different games for that so very interesting to see what they have and maybe coaching some of those games maybe planning out your sessions uh, with your team and then lastly then uh, Michael Gerard Doherty is going to talk about uh, child retention uh, and recruitment and again that's a very important part of the GA in terms of participation and keeping our players for longer um, and that's the, that's the kind of you know that's the key element of the GA ethos so that's the kind of session it's starting from nine I think uh, there's teas and coffees um and the session itself then commences at nine thirty. There will be refreshments put out through the whole day as well, which is which is great to see. And it'll be finishing then in around the four thirty to five mark. So that's it for Robbie in a nutshell for that day. Yeah, that's a really good detailed um, breakdown for anybody that's interested in it. What are the reasons behind running workshops like this, Michael? Um, so look, I suppose. Leading on to my role, uh, Robbie, I'd be going in as a performance lead. It's, it's a new role that uh, the county boards um, and the games committee have basically put in place. And, uh, and part of that will be coach education in terms of my own role and player development. Now, this, this workshop is, is happening anyway, to be honest. It's happening even before I get into my role. But just coach education is, is absolutely um, vital um, to our players for them to, to, you know, to try and reach their potential. We need to create environments within our training sessions, within our clubs, um, where players can develop. They can make decisions independently themselves on the field. They can develop the skills of the game, you know, the speed of our, our thinking, the speed of our touch, um, you know, the psycholo- psychological side of things, the nutrition side of things. You know, there's so many key pillars there that we will be going through in the coming months. Um, and it's important that we can feed that information down into our players so they can, you know, as I said, make those good decisions themselves, both on and off the field, which is really important. And physical development, obviously, is a big aspect of that. So coach education is everything. I'm a lecturer myself, I suppose, and probably a little bit biased here, but, um, you know, I don't think you'll ever stop learning, um, Robbie, and that side of things. And I think there's a couple of more levels that we can get to in Kilkenny in terms of really improving our coaching side of things. And creating that environment, it's not just the coaching, it's creating that environment of those pillars. That's really interesting to hear that from a person like you because we always renown success with you know people like yourself that have won Leinster Championships, all earned medals um, at a canter, it seems like, but obviously a lot of hard work went into that. But you're also, as you say there, incredibly qualified for this. You're a professional in this area. Do you think that's the way forward for Kilkenny GA to have not just people that know about hurling but professionals and people that are really you know studious and strong in this line the thinking in their in their area of work to continue to improve. Yeah, um, without a doubt, Robbie. I think it sums up nicely there. Um, look, look in any in any team, in any club, in any organisation, you need you need proficient people and you need to be proficient in the area that they work in. Okay, without a doubt. Um, and I suppose going back to, to the role that I, I'm looking to do and look I haven't started yet I'm not starting for another couple of weeks um, and I'll be doing a lot of um, 
field research in terms of what's happening on the ground, you know, talking to coaches, sporting clubs, um, talking to teachers and schools, um, and also, you know, our development development squad coaches, our parents obviously are important in this as well in terms of the kids. Like So uh, there's a number of key stakeholders, um, but in terms of development, you know, and really bringing things to a new level, like education is key to this, without shadow of a doubt. And for me, there will be, and, and I, can, I can say this, there will be formal and informal workshops uh, online and face-to-face for those different cohorts. Now again, it needs to be planned out, yes, but without a doubt, there will be a pathway um, for online and face-to-face work uh, because it's, it's absolutely key. Uh, you can't go into a job where you're half ready and, you know, ex- experiential learning is one aspect, Robbie, where, you know, you're, you've, you've maybe been a player or maybe you've been an assistant coach or a volunteer and, and you're kind of watching the coaching and you're learning. That's one aspect, very, very important. But then there's the other theoretical side of things, the other knowledge side of things, and that's very, very important as well. So it'll be both experiential learning, you know, what we're learning on the ground, and also then, I suppose, the, the knowledge side of things, the, the importance of communication, our interpersonal skills, the coach-athlete relationship. There's so much more there that we need to, to know about and understand. And for me, that makes a high-end coach. If we can get to, that, to those levels, like if a really, really high-end coach, not just someone putting down cones on the field, and going through the same uh, session week on week, week on week in, week out, essentially. Like we got to have variety. We got to have a plan in place, you know. So that's what I'd be hoping to do in, in you know, when it commences this role and put in different phases of what we can achieve over the coming years. You know, at different times, there's going to be a lot in it. But um, I think just with those key stakeholders there, it's about, I suppose, getting in touch with them and you know. Coming to, coming with a plan together, like collaborating uh, and, and have a co- cooperative plan for Kikini and that we're all on, on the same hymn sheet, essentially. That sounds really fascinating and um, obviously there's a lot of work to do there, but I know there's a lot going on with the development squads as well, isn't there? There is, yeah, there's a lot of good work going on there. You know, we've 25 uh, to 30 volunteer coaches there um, at the moment. We have two under 14 teams at, at this moment in time. Um, I think we had three uh, up till maybe last week, so it's gone to two there now. Uh, so again, we try to we try to have a large catchment area, uh, or a large catchment initially, and that's been narrowed down uh, to two teams. We have two under 15 teams and two under 16 teams at this moment in time. And they're all out over the weekend into Brary, Waterford, Kilkenny at different blitzes, uh, matches and, um, and and training sessions. So, you know, a, a lot going on there, which which is great. Um, like volunteers, for me, I think getting harder to find. I think time is... is um, is maybe reduced or minimal these days, and, and it is hard to commit. Like so, like we're we're very fortunate to have lads in there, and I, I met them a few weeks ago informally enough at a kind of a it's kind of a mid-season debrief, and I said I'd attend it to see base to get some feedback straight away to how they're getting on, and and like there's huge appetite there for learning from from them coaches. There's there's more appetite for more contact with the development squads. Um, like comparing ourselves to other counties like you know ours are very minimal in terms of contact times and for me I suppose straight away that's you know not a red flag but what is the purpose of our development squads are we just putting it in there to say we're ticking a box or are we actually looking to improve our players to actually improve their physical development um, their softer skills development their skill development uh, nutrition knowledge all those different areas, their tactical knowledge. So that'll be something again. I'll be getting my teeth into with the with the coaches, with the coaching committee, 
and seeing where this development squad, um, I suppose, pathway needs to go. And again, working with our schools and working with our clubs, that's absolutely key. Um, we, we don't want to create mini inter-county teams. We need to work together, basically, on this to get the right balance. Yeah, that's very interesting, I have to say. And uh, um, obviously, we wish you nothing but the best going forward with it. I'm sure we'll be chatting to you about it plenty over the next coming weeks and months. Um, just before I let you go, Michael, very brief word, Kilkenny and Galway in the Leinster final on Sunday week. Um, now that we kind of know that it will be these two, a lot of people would have expected it before a ball was thrown in in the Leinster Championship. I'm sure you're looking forward to it, but how do you see it going? Uh, I see it being very tight, Robbie. Very tight. Like, look, no different to last year, maybe. Um, I think maybe Galway may have felt that they didn't turn up last year, but I think Kilkenny got their, their tactics right that year, to be honest. Uh, they got their game plan right and, and they targeted, targeted Galway's key players. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. Like, Galway were quite poor against Dublin. Um, I suppose Henry now has a stick to beat him with um, until that day. Kenny obviously lost as well against Wexford uh, down in um, Wexford Park there uh, last weekend. So again, that was a little disappointing. Wexford, I suppose, had their lives on their line on that a little different to Kenny. Um, so I think it'll be a very, very close game. Um, and look, at it, obviously a very nice one for Kenny to win if they can get over the line. But I expect it to be very tight. And just very finally, you know both managers very well, of course. You would have hurled with them, won all Ireland's with them, Derek Ling and Henry Shefflin. Um in Kilkenny, as you well know, winning is everything. You have to win trophies. In Galway, it would have been expected, I suppose, of Henry Shefflin that at some stage he tries to win a Leinster final and then go on and win in All-Ireland. Does it feel like a big game for those two individuals as well, not just for both counties and both sets of players? Yeah, yeah. Look, without a doubt, it's Henry's second year now. And, um, you know, he'll be looking for silverware. Like, you know, so um, Leinster final, obviously, is, is that first one that he, he'd like to have um, in, in, in the in the cabinet. So I expect, yeah, yeah, 100%, Robbie, expect him. Like, obviously, he, he'll, he'll need this. Um, and same with Derek. Um, so it's Kenny won the last three in a row. And Derek's first year now in charge. And again, he'll want to keep that momentum going and keep that winning kind of mentality going. Like, so I think there, there is a lot of, a lot in the line for both managers, without a doubt. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think the loser plays Tipperary maybe the following week or the week after. Um, so again, yeah. that is more motivation maybe to try and get through, you know, that more direct passage in, into the, is it the semi-final maybe if you win, you win the Leinster final. So, um, so yeah, no, I think there's a lot in line for both teams here without a doubt and that's why I'm expecting um, a pretty intense game. Michael Fenley, always great catching up with you and the very best of luck with the performance lead role with Kilkenny GA and everything that's happening within Kilkenny GA in the weeks and the months to come. Cheers, Robbie. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.